Let's, Let's do, do it, it, Taylor. Cue the following the is music. a Just Dream production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. Woo! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews Season 4, Episode 3, the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing, buddy? I thought we were counting total episodes now. What's our total episode count? Something. Oh, I don't know. It's a number. (laughs) We got to do better. I will do better next time. The man behind the board, Taylor, how you doing? What's up? We failed already. Already a horrible episode. We're off to a terrible start. That's what happens. That's what happens. All right, guys, listen, before we get started, make sure you check out the brand new website, mbnnetwork.com. It's never been easier to find your new favorite podcast. Also, check us out on patreon.com slash mbnnetwork. $5 a month gets you exclusive network content. And also, shout out to our sponsors, Unomia CBD. Go to E-U-N-O-M-I-A CBD.com. Use promo code MBN for 20% off and free stuff. That's UnomiaCBD.com. Now we're done with the promotional stuff. Let's say hi to our guests. We've got uh, Jim from Levante. Jim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. For hanging out with us uh anthony we've got anthony how you doing buddy doing all right gentlemen how you guys doing fantastic i feel weird just calling you anthony because like i feel like you deserve a beer title like every single person i've ever met in, in the beer world knows you um no, and, and but- you need to have like a more distinguished title than just anthony uh, there's so many names that people call me but i i, <laughs> I, I tend to not acknowledge most of them I hear you. That sounds like a good idea for the chat. We need the chat to give us some Anthony nicknames, and we'll put yeah, this one. I'm sure up on the uh, most people. Well, it's funny most you people mentioned. in the chat know know Anthony, so they should definitely do that. Yeah, there, there's constantly nicknames flying around. Um, you know, one of my close friends is Amish Rob, and it's it's always hysterical because no one forgets Amish Rob. He's in the chat already, so I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he is. So he he tried. We had this conversation when we were at Tampa Bay Beer Week one year, and I brought that up, and uh, because I do both security and uh, I'm an officiant, so I've done a bunch of weddings. He started introducing me to people as the preacher. I was like, I I don't want to be the preacher, man. (laughs) I don't. That's not okay. No. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Not at all. Well, hey, let's go around the room real quick. I just want to check in to see what everybody's sipping on. Um, I'll start. Um, I'm on that Mars and kick lately. So I got brisk from Treehouse, uh, German style Mars and beer, 5.3%. Um, it's definitely solid. I mean, I, I, I haven't found a, a style that they mess up yet. So um, it's definitely uh, going down. I thought it'd be a good way to start the night. Something that's, um, you know, in the lager realm uh, before I kick up the hops. But uh, Jim, I'll go to you next. What are you sipping on? Uh, today I'm uh, sipping on um, Permutation. It's uh, from Freak Folk Beer up in uh, Burlington. Um, I think they are they're, they're a small blendery up in uh, Vermont. I think they're they're former tired hands folks that uh, moved up north and started a small operation up there. Real good stuff. Um, this is a uh, you know a, an American Wild. I think they aged it for a while on uh, black 
black muscat grapes. So uh, it's tasty. It's really good. These guys are doing some cool stuff. It sounds amazing. I don't know. I think I need to search out more blenderies because I think every time I've had something from one, um, it, it's been amazing. It's just like a, a that whatever's going on there between brewing or the blending or or not brewing at all. I mean, it's something I really need to dig into a little bit more because I really don't know much about what really is happening there. Uh, but the couple that we've tried have been awesome. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Taylor, what do you got? Right now, I am sipping on some Levante Escalante, which is uh, absolutely really, really good. It's a Mexican-style lager. Um, it's absolutely delicious. It's crisp, clean. Thanks. It's really good. Really good, Jim. Thanks. Love that beer. Thank you. Thank you. We do make clean styles. Uh, every beer I've had from Levante is like just super clean. Like when people ask me, um, uh, we talked about dinner a little bit last last week, which I I finally had some. Um, it's uh, I describe it as clean, and I I say the same thing about your beers. They're just clean. They just taste clean. It's like the best way I can describe it. It's like this is this is something I should be drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I appreciate that for the vast majority. Yeah, but then there's some that we, you know, over personalize and they kind of go schizophrenic on us. And yeah, have, sure. You, you take a sip and you're like, whoa, you know, yeah. what is, uh, you know, resurrection by tickle? That's one where it's it's like, what what the hell is this? You know, it's <laughs> it, we can take it overboard sometimes, but yeah. it's cool. You know, we're we're having fun, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've been putting out lately, I think, is a, is a return to more equilibrium between the the hazy, heavy adjunct styles and 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 things like you know what you're drinking there, and and um, a Schwarz beer that we made recently called the Good Shots, and and some other things. So, just trying to keep a balance. That's all, that's and cool. give try to meet everybody's needs. Absolutely, this is really good. Jim, what was the, the can that was out recently? I got a four pack of it and I just, for some reason, could not retain the name, but it was a very bright red and blue can. Red and blue can. It was like uh, almost tie dye looking. Oh, or yeah. Accidental, accidental dankitude. Yes. Yeah. That was delicious. Yeah. Oh, it's I, I, cool. I drank that four pack before I had a chance to take a picture of it nice nice i mean it just went down so quick but uh and then i awesome. couldn't remember the name of it but yeah i really like that one a lot mr Thank steve you. what are you sipping on down there uh, i'm sipping on the same beer that uh taylor is because you know i brought it to taylor he didn't he did. thank me he did in person <laughs> he did. but yeah. i did thank you in person not on the show you, did, you didn't thank me on the show you're that's correct. correct that's correct and i'm drinking it out of my uh 2016 anniversary hot party glass that i still got Ooh, floating around here so thank you i'm I'm proper, as the kids oh, say. Oh, look at that. Two of them. I nice. Got the 17. Nice. 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 And then, Very Mr. Cool. Anthony, I still wish I had another name for you. Every time I say Anthony, it just bothers me, so I need another name. I but, mean, uh, Anthony, what are you sipping on, buddy? Uh, so, considering that this year and this week has been pretty rough, to say the least, <laughs> I went back to a better time of 2018 with Cycles Thursday, because it's Thursday. Nice. Which is a nice uh, barrel-aged imperial stout where, with barrel-aged coffee in it. Um, wow. Oh, wow. And I'm drinking that out of my uh, my child glass here. I don't know if you can see that with the reflection. Uh, yes. Oh, that's nice. dope. Uh, <clears throat> nice. So 
I just want to give everybody a heads up. If you're watching, we are going to take a deep dive probably into Star Wars later on this episode. Um, Anthony loved the shirt, loved the glass. But I have to ask you right off the bat, do you are you, do you get offended by people using the term Baby Yoda? No. I mean, I, I think it's kind of silly to call him the child. But you know, Baby <laughs> well, Yoda I heard. Fits. I agree. I just thought I heard off the bat that like Favreau and everybody was calling it the child and they started to like kind of get upset. Like, why, why are they calling it baby Yoda? It's like, not baby Yoda. <laughs> it's the child. They wanted the child to take off. They probably had all well, this see, I, I, like I merchandising that, and all this stuff set up. And then another name took off. Well, I think the problem is kind of the same one that you talked about with me. Like you, you just have a problem just calling me Anthony. I think the public has a problem just calling it the child. So we gave it another identity. It's so unpersonal, the child. You know, it it's not cute. It's not cute right. at all. Right. Baby Yoda is, is screaming. It's that cute. object over there that we're responsible for. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Amish Rob. Shout out Amish Rob. Great guy. I always run into you guys together. I feel like most times, if I run into one of you, the other one shows up shortly after. And uh, Fish is sipping on NyQuil. What so up, Fish? Hope you're feeling better. Sip harder, Fish, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, to start, Jim, I kind of wanted to chat with you a little bit. Um, there was some exciting news this week from Levante that uh, you guys were going to be opening up your other location, the stables again. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? For the third time. Yes, exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, yeah, there are a bunch of reasons why it's taken so long, but, uh, you know, business reasons, staffing reasons, things like that. We were, and the reason why it's taken so long is we we're, we're really trying to look for the, the right person to come in and lead our, our, our retail operations. And that's a gentleman named Marty West, formerly of Tired Hands. I think he was with him for quite a while. And, Marty, Marty joined us several months ago and is leading all fronts, you know, in all locations and kind of um, recasting our experience, so to speak. So it, it, it's taken some time to, you know, bring him up to speed and indoctrinate him and, 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 and also allow him to pick the staff and, and, and get those folks online. Um, I get it if there's a critique like, hey, good job. You know, you waited to open a beer garden right before winter time. I, I get it. I'll, I'll, we'll take the heat for that, but it's just really, it was really timing. And this weekend's going to be pretty nice. I think with, you know, mm-hmm. high sixties, maybe potentially low seventies weather. So yeah. it should be fine. It should be fine. And uh, the other thing is really trying to figure out how to manage it in all the COVID context and, mm-hmm. and constraints. And um, it, it really wouldn't have made much sense to open it at 25% capacity, but now that it's a little bit larger, um, we've, we've found ways to leverage, um, the majority of the property and, um, keep people socially distanced and, and make sure that we're, we're following, you know, the, the right CDC guidelines and everything that everyone else has been doing. Um, we think it's just time we're, 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 we're excited about it. It's going to be a killer weekend. And, and I just, I just hope people can come out and just enjoy themselves on the property because it's beautiful. And it's, it's a shame that it started up and, in February and it was just, it was just perfect. And, and, and all the work that we had done and, and investment we had made to, to really improve the property and 
now we're going to get a chance to expose everybody to that again. And, and we're really excited about it. Give us a little idea of what we can expect there. Like if I bring a wife this weekend, are we going to be inside? Are we going to be outside? Is it a little bit of both? Are we got food going on? What's, what's our experience going to be like if we, uh, we head up this weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. So there is, there's obviously indoor seating and, and if, if, it, if you had been there, uh, you know, you had visited earlier this year, you could see that there's, there's pretty large room in the front for, for a decent sized capacity, even with the restrictions. Plus um, there's room in the back. So it has a, it has a, you know, kind of a, a front and a back room plus they, that paved, um, that paved uh, area in front of the stable doors, that's, that's going to be open for seating. Um, and then the lawn property actually will have tents, you know, personalized tents that people can occupy. We're, we're doing, we're doing 90 minute time frames. We think that's fair. Um, we, uh, you know, will that always be necessary? Probably no, but I think we're, people coming back to it and it being kind of novel and everything. We, we just want to make sure that we're being fair and equitable to everybody. And so it's first come first serve. We're not doing any reservations. If you show up and there's nowhere to, to sit, just, just be patient. We take your cell phone number. You can take off in your car. We'll text you when it's your turn. But again, it's, it's, um, we're just trying to keep it fair for, for everybody and hope that, uh, you know, it, it's not too much of an inconvenience if it, if it's if there's some heavy traffic on one of those days but we I think like we have a good think, system well that's good yeah i like to think that maybe there's a little bit of benefit or a silver lining to opening when you did because i i felt bad for so many businesses that were struggling to keep up with the changes and everything that was happening when when covid was first you know spreading and and all the rules were changing and what you had to do and nobody really knew what to do some places just closed their doors and and now that you've had time and and everybody kind of understands and, and is a lot more comfortable with uh, with what it's like to dine out these days and uh, what you need to do bring your mask you know wear it to your seat if you're getting up put your mask on uh, the capacity things hopefully We've all learned so much that it'll make this launch a bit more smoother and everybody knows what to expect. Agreed. I mean, we've, we've had some time to observe things and, and, and kind of leverage the, the science and the data from around the country and around the world to just go, okay, well, what, what are some safe um, protocols? What are, what are common sense things that as long as we keep people a certain distance, people wear masks, um, you know, I, I, I get it I, if, if it's an inconvenience, but I think it's a small inconvenience to be able to come back to some level of normalcy. Um, and, uh, you know, I was at East Branch today up on the on the deck and, you know, it was it was nice. It was a great experience. It's outdoors. I think it'll be a similar thing where it will feel safe. You know, with the indoor experience, you know, we'll manage that differently. And there's 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 cleaning protocols and sanitation protocols and all of our employees get um, uh, you know, we, we check their temperature coming in, we, te we check them going out. Um, so all those, those trappings and, and necessities that you have to do right now in the COVID age until we eventually get through all this. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a safe experience. I'm, and, and I'm just, I'm thankful for the weather because, you know, if it was raining and super cold, I don't, I don't think it would have the, you know, the, the draw that we're starting to see. I think people are getting excited and they've, they've waited long enough for this. 
this, this is the perfect weather to have a couple beers outside. You know, it's not too hot. You know, you're not sweating, looking to be under a yep. tent or something like that. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be a cool evening. Hoodie weather. Uh, but that sounds really, really nice. Yeah, I would just I would just advise people that if you're coming later, you know, bring a bunch of blankets. Um, you can bring your own chairs. You can bring your own blankets if you're if you're using the lawn. Um, but dress warmly. We have heaters. We have fire pits. We have you know a, a bunch of things to keep keep it relatively comfortable. But just bundle up. You know, it's all good. Wear a hat. You know, it's 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 fall. That's what we do, right? For sure. That's right. Hoodie, well, hoodie season. Is there, yes, hoodie season. So, yes. Uh, is there anything else new and exciting happening? I mean, I'm sure there's always things with the brewery in the works, but, um, you know, any new releases or anything else you want to talk about? There's always something new, you know, always a new release. Um, a lot of the newer stuff that we're doing now is coming out of the pilot system, you know, small batch brewing. Um, and that's because we have, we have a lot of new people in the brew house, you know, some, some new talent that's come in from a variety of different, different places and they're bringing ideas or they're bringing things that maybe they weren't, weren't, you know, they weren't all, not necessarily allowed, but they weren't doing at the, their former places and we're giving them an opportunity to experiment. And, and if those things kick off, then, then, then we'll scale it. One of them was the Schwarzbier that we did, you know, recently, the good shots, um, you know, and, and it's, it, that's basically a product of, of, of our younger talent, our newer talent. Um, yeah, we've had a bit of turnover this year. You know, COVID's gone through and wrecked us a little bit. Um, and then we had a lot of talent that just had opportunities to go elsewhere in the country or to go back to a, um, a different profession or to go be the head brewer at Rubber Soul. You know, it's, it's, it's like, this, this is what you want. You want your talent to be able to blossom and go other places. And you don't want to lose them, but you also don't want to don't want to hold them back. So. Um, yeah, a lot of new faces doing new things. So we feel like we're going through, um, you know, another stage of, of our development and, uh, it's been, it's been cool and it's been great to see these guys get back to some creative energy in the brew house again. That's cool. awesome. I, uh, our barrel what... program, our barrel program is firing up again too. So we're Ooh. hopeful to release what we're calling Levante Cellar Works and, the first one should be out in Thanksgiving, um, and it's a imperial uh, latte stout that's been aging for ten months on Hungarian oak in tequila barrels. So you know that's we're getting back to kind of the way that we were before COVID flipped us upside down for a while, like it did many businesses. I think one of my favorite Levante beers um, that I had. Last year, I didn't have one recently. Uh, the Please Take One, your uh, Imperial Stout with the uh, peanut butter cups. Uh, is that is that something that you just do for fall? Is that just a Halloween like themed kind yeah. of kind of release? Yeah, yeah. So I probably missed it. Then. Yeah, it's 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 a it's you know Halloween inspired beer. Yeah. Um, the the label gonna, is it, awesome. It's going to change. It's going to change. You know we. Uh, we're going to bring the ABV down or we're going to bring the peanut butter up a notch, you know, it's just okay. things that we observed um, over the last two renditions of it. Things we are always striving to make things better. Um, and, you know, we had a, you know, a, a chat about it actually at the beginning of this week and said, look, you know, um, we, we, sometimes we get cagey with the adjuncts, you know, uh, even in our fruit fetish showers, it's, 
there's you have to maintain a balance, but we think in that one the 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 ABV outplayed the the peanut butter a little bit. So, you know, just that's our transparent nature. We'll we're going to make a better beer next next October. We think that'll punch you out with uh, with the, the that that peanut butter and chocolate oh, effect that's... that we may not have captured to the point that we wanted to this time. That's exciting because that that beer is really good. I'm a, I'm Reese's my um, Reese's is my favorite candy, so it's like I I had to try it, and when I did, I was like, "This is incredible!" I, I would drink this every day. Oh, you're kind. Thank you. Right after dinner, <laughs> <laughs> right before bed. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, uh, Chris in our chat had a question for you. Well, there it is. What is the next new edition for the Tickle Part series? So, should we run the tickles here? We have tiny, regular. Extra, extra death, death by <laughs> resurrection and resurrection Did I miss one? Uh, yeah that's that's i mean i think you know, resurrection is probably pushing it yeah so you have everything <laughs> yeah you have everything from sessionable to uh you know liquid nyquil um <laughs> so res uh chris resurrection by tickle will be coming back again pretty soon um you know, that's, it's, uh, it's a big beer, you know, and this is kind of big beer season for, for triples and quads and, and Imperials and all those kind of heavy beers. So that'll be making a comeback. Um, you know, where you see tiny tickle, it's very sessionable and mostly in the spring and the summer tickle is, is constant, all, you know, all around. Um, we're actually looking for ways to, to even make tickle parts better, the, the, the base beer better. So we're, there's some experimentation there and, if you're drinking the latest batch, I apologize because uh, I brewed it with Paul and and Tim, my partners. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> things at Levante got a little squirrely lately that they had to dra- <laughs> drag the old heads back in, and we had to learn how to use the system again. So if you like it, um, that's completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> that that one is my favorite. Um, you know, I I hate to be the guy that that. Um, doesn't like or doesn't care for as much the uh, the the highest selling Levante beer. I think, you know, Cloudy's definitely not that? my favorite. Oh, Cloudy, Cloudy. sure. Yep. My wife yep. loves it. I get her four packs all the time, and yeah, I usually you, get myself yeah. uh, tickle parts. You got to be a fan of Idaho Seven, uh, you know that particular hop. That's that's you know you're you're in or out on it. Um, um, interesting thing. Uh, is that there is reincarnation by tickle that's a good idea jace <laughs> oh it'll be a clear beer it'll be a west I, coast tickle pot I, I had a i had a suggestion for you. i don't know if you're doing any experimentation with that uh wild brew yeast that philly souring yeast yes just, we have uh, but uh if you did a uh in, in your tickle part series but only a pickle flavored and called it pickle tarts that's coming from Kerry <laughs> Watson. Kerry yeah, Watson not came up with that. Come not on, man. Did he really? Yeah, he used to break my stones about it all the time. Not with the yeast part. That's yours. Was but it, with the see, name, see, he genius, was calling genius, it that. Genius. genius. <laughs> Pickle tarts. Pickle tarts. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know, tickle parts is a, it, you know, one of the, one of the changes that you know you guys were talking about changes is that we tilted towards wholesale for the first time and mm-hmm. in our short lifetime. I mean, we were never a wholesale brewery. We never really were putting cans on shelves, but obviously, you know, COVID flips your model and we don't have any retail revenue coming in from the tap rooms. And um, we decided let's, let's start to, you know, kind of grow uh, horizontally. 
So we are, uh, we're distributed throughout the entire state of Pennsylvania now, um, self-distributed, but also through distribution channels. So we, you, you can find us anywhere in the state. That, that's a, that's a big departure for us. That's um, huge. I've seen, I feel like I've seen some make it out of state. Yeah, because we're also we're also in Delaware, New Jersey, um, Maryland, Maryland, and then short uh, Virginia and Louisiana, and then Tavor 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 takes us to twenty seven to twenty nine states as well. But that's small batch runs that you know they they take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you know they're a sell through model, so they they don't want a lot. They want you know a hundred cases, and it's, it's gone in a couple of days. It's really, um, I don't know, man, I get, I get proud for stuff like that. It's kind of cool when you like think about, you know, um, going into the tap room and the garage doors open and people are sitting around at the high tops yeah. having beers. And then, you know, you're, I'm in Frederick, Maryland for work and I go to the beer store to pick something up and you see, you know, your local guys on the shelf, you know, that's, it's yeah. really cool um, to, to see that it, it's gotten that, that range and that hopefully, it ends up growing more fans, you know, all over the country. Well, agreed. I mean, you know, uh, some of it's philosophical things. Like I, I've always wanted Levante to, to remain small. Um, and I think most of my partners do too, but you get to a point where um, it, when we feel it's more important to grow from an employment state, status and, and, and be able to provide jobs and, you know, no one's getting rich over at Levante. I can assure you that. And, and, you know, it's, you have to look for viable channels, especially when COVID hit um, mm -hmm. and your retail channels dried up. So it, it made sense. I don't know if it'll continue forever, but um, you know, L L Levante is um, at its heart, you know, it's a, it's a brewery, but it is, it, there are many channels behind the scenes. I don't think a lot of people know that that happen out of Carter drive and, um, and where the beer ends up and the range that we we're taking it these days. And we're just trying to expose people to it. I, I think you're seeing similar things from other half and mm -hmm. equilibrium and toppling Goliath. Uh, New trail is another one that, you know, decided to do a, a wholesale centric type of, 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 of thing. And we just did a collaboration with them and, you know, when you do a collaboration and, and it's, it's like, okay, it's maybe it's like, you know, 200, 300 cases, right, Anthony, it's something kind of small. And then it's, and it's, you know, but not with neutral. When you do a beer with neutral, it's 280 barrels, you know, it's huge. Oh, and yeah. it's going, it, it's, I mean, you're going to see this collab everywhere. It's going to be all over the place, similar to the one that they did recently, I think with, with imprint it's, that's their model. And, it, and, uh, and I appreciate that. I think they're, they're, they're trying to do something different. So we're, we're excited to work with them. We hadn't done a collaboration in a while. So um, I'm excited. It's called pointing North. It's a uh, you know, double IPA. It's hazy. I mean, both of us are kind of, you know, um, haze boys. Um, and it was great working with them. And it was just, it was really effortless to, to work with uh, Michael Ross and those guys. When should we uh, expect to see that around? I think it's got to be done fermentation by now. I mean, it was at least at least the majority of it, it was brewed on the 19th of October. Um, so I think that thing's going to probably be canned within a week and then uh, out in distribution and available on uh, our site and their site and 
variety of other places. You know, I, I'd say like two weeks, two and a half weeks. Nice. Well, uh, I think if it's okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, we've got an hour to do for the actual podcast, and then we'll probably hang out for a little bit longer and stay live with people. But um, I wanted to switch over to beer news a little bit. Um, first off, I don't. I think GABF was whatever. I don't even know how they did it, but um, was happening uh, since the last episode. Maybe not. I, I'm not sure. But I, I just I just pulled it up because I noticed that one of our friends, a friend of the show, while in Pompac Brewing, they took uh, I think silver for English mild or bitter. They have a beer called English Pale Mild Ale. Um, so I was excited for them. Um, and then another PA brewery uh, that I actually hit up and was pretty impressed with, Attic Brewing out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they won silver as well for English-style brown ale, for their Bloodhound brown ale. So I thought that was kind of exciting. I uh, wanted to give a couple shout-outs to some other PA brew- uh, breweries. Um, I'm still waiting to get a hold of some Wallen Palm Pack. I want to. Uh, I w- definitely want to try their beers. We got to travel. We got to get on a road trip here soon. I know. I heard. I heard she shipped them to somebody. So I want to see if uh, we can get on that uh, that mailing list somehow. Either that, or we got to throw the but, podcaster in the back of the car and and take yeah. a drive up. I would like to do that. Um, also, did you guys see Treehouse is opening a new location? on the cape yeah sandwich massachusetts right on the water those pictures look insane Mm -hmm. yeah it's nuts which i'm kind of curious what that's going to do for you know the main charlton brewery i mean is that going to free up lines and weights at all you know or is it just going to be you know an experience thing how many people are going to go out of their way for another location you know they're their model of being so centered in one spot and nothing, everything goes through there. The, the taps, the, the consuming beer, the can sales, merchandise, everything goes through that location. I wonder what it's going to do for them or how it's going to affect that model if they start to spread out like that. I mean, I didn't be novel at first, right? I mean, everybody's going to rush one way. And it's, that's going to be flooded. The other Everybody's going to say, yay, the availability is so much better now. We can get it quicker in and out. And then I think it's going to level out to closer to your location. Then it might be some you know, road day trip thing. You know, we'll go here and then we'll go there. I didn't see any of the pictures or anything. Is it just uh, – is it brewery? Are they brewing there? I don't know. I can't tell. It looks like – I saw a couple people post it. It used to – to be maybe some kind of restaurant. Um, so maybe there's going to be a food thing going on. I'm not really sure. Um, and, and I'm so unfamiliar with Massachusetts. Like you could tell me it's 45 minutes away or you could tell me it's seven hours away and I would have no idea. Like how far is it from the main spot? So it's it's south. So if, if Boston's here, or I don't know, this is all going to be backwards and reverse, but if, if you can imagine maybe where Boston <laughs> is on the map. you know, Is Boston you, you or is Boston Taylor? All right. I don't know. Imagine <laughs> imagine that. Jim is Boston. Jim is Boston. <laughs> I'm over here in, in, in Charlton, the main location, and you are the Cape. 
on the Cape. Mm. Where no, southeast? Am I 45 minutes from you? Am I two hours from you? No, you're probably talking two and a half hours at least, I would think, from the main location. Okay. If, I, if I had to guess, um, the Cape is is beautiful. I've been there a couple of times doing work stuff, actually. I've got a customer out there that I go visit every so often. Um, it just seems like it takes so much longer to get in and out of Massachusetts when you go to the Cape. What does that make Anthony? Well, where is Anthony? Foxborough. Let me tell you in, uh, something. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> I went like to New Haven. Like, is he some yeah, Luke Pepe's so. pizza? Mystic. I- I'm over in Mystic. Where? Mystic guy? Okay. Where is Foxborough compared to all this? Because let me tell you something. I went to. I went to an, it's the uh, blank spot right below Jim. I went to a Patriots game one time, <laughs> and it's like if the Eagles played in Honeybrook. I don't understand how it works. <laughs> Foxborough is in the middle of nothing. All there is is a bunch of tire sales places around there, like uh, garages and stuff. And then, boom, here's Foxborough. I don't understand. Gillette. Well, I think because when they built that, I mean, who wanted to go see the Patriots? I mean, God. <laughs> Imagine that. It's like a little town. It's like a little city in the middle of nothing. The stadium, it's huge. Yeah. But uh, I want to give uh, one other shout out. Um, we had a recent guest, um, Marcus Baskerville from Weathered Souls Brewing down in Texas. Um, he has been elected to be on the Brewers Association's uh, director, board of directors. So um, I saw that recently. He's been behind the Black is Beautiful campaign. We've seen the Black is Beautiful beers um, all over the country. So it was a really cool initiative. And it was really awesome that we were able to sneak some time with him and get him on the show. And I thought that was really neat to see that um, he's got a, a three-year spot that he was elected to on the um, the board of directors, I think is what I said. Board of directors. Nice. That's awesome. So That's I thought good. that was really cool, too. And a night shift also coming to PA, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked to them on the show as well. They were hoping to open a location in Philly. That fell through because of COVID, but they started their own distribution game. I don't know how they're distributing down here, but um, we should see their cans hitting the shelves soon, um, which would be pretty exciting, I think. What's that? I said, I don't care how they're doing it. Just give me the night shift. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, it's – I get – I always almost feel like overload, man. It's like I have such a hard time at the beer stores anymore. And I love like just going to a brewery, having a couple of beers, taking a four pack home. And and that that seems to be more my my mood anymore, because going to a beer store is immediately overwhelming (sighs) and anymore, you know. Um, Finally, they're starting to put in coolers and things like that to keep these IPAs, you know, a little bit fresher and things like that but i mean you're looking through trying to check dates and what's the why I, maybe jim you can elaborate but um do you not have to put dates on cans because i feel yeah. like some do some don't some just yeah. put like a color on it you know that yeah. there's all kinds of weird things that i've seen and i wish i just knew if the beer was fresh yeah, the pro- <laughs> the only way you're really going to know, I mean, when you look underneath them and you see like, you know, a, a, yeah, the colored dot, you can't really, you can't really translate that. So the, the breweries that are putting the actual date on it, um, 
I respect them because, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to demonstrate, you know, be as transparent as possible and say, Hey, you know, this is a, this is a hoppy hop forward beer. Um, it's only a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks old. And, and, and that's a whole other misconception. I mean, it's like when a beer really falls off, I mean, it's, it depends, you know, there's a lot of, there's chemistry behind it, but you know, when, when you see a beer and, and the, from other half or tired hands or Levante or, or, you know, a bunch of different places that are putting a date on it because they want you to know, Hey, we stand by it. I, I, mm-hmm. I respect that. And that doesn't mean I don't respect those who don't. If you're putting out high volume beers, you're not going to put a date on it. And, and that's because they, they might sit on the shelf just because there's so much of it doesn't make it any worse like you're going to get a pseudo soup um from toppling goliath and mm-hmm. it's probably less than a month old it's going to be banging doesn't have a date on the can you know it's but um then sometimes you know you, you know you go into a beer distributor you take a look you know you, you you know you if you see a hoppy beer that's been there for a year well you know you know caveat emptor right there if you're going to buy it it's, it's up to you yeah but to your point i mean we the, one of the things that annoys me most about the beer scene in general is, you know, to quote a friend, you know, the attitude of if, if it doesn't have a canned on date of tomorrow, it's already bad. I, and, yeah, I would agree with you. That's, and, that's just a fallacy. Yeah. Um, now, look, a six-month-old Tickle Parts is not going to taste the same as a two-week-old Tickle Parts, and I think that's a, that's a fair thing to say. But to say that a, a one-month-old or two-month-old punch or double dry hopped you know alien church is is not good or fresh you know go punt i i i disagree highly with that yeah it's just it's it's an interesting um you know i don't know i think i talk about it probably too much but being at a, at a beer store is um is pretty tough these days yeah but i mean going back to what you said john i mean look at what you're whining about you're talking about having too much selection in a beer store. I mean, Pennsylvania gets some amazing distribution. We, we have crazy archaic alcohol laws, but for some reason, we are <laughs> absolutely blessed with distribution that the rest of the country doesn't get. Yep. And, so and that's, your yeah, you're right. And that's changed. That's, that's changed, you know, in the last, you know, just a few years, Anthony's totally right. You know, the, um, the, and again, not, getting into the politics of things because I, you know, I know that not everyone's a fan of the current administration for one reason or another, you know, they're never going to get it all right. But the last five years for craft beer and for craft distilleries and, and, and winemakers in Pennsylvania has been incredible because you can, we can sell each other's products. Um, you have, local distributors who can have tap systems and sell crawlers and do a variety of mixed. And it used to be a case. Then it was 12 packs. Then it was six packs, four packs, mixed four packs. I mean, single bottles now mix and match your own. And this is what Anthony's talking about is, is these are the, these are, these are incredible. Um, The, the archaic things I think are, Hey, you can only have two six packs in your hand when you walk out of the bar or, or, you know, and, I don't even know how much those but are it, legislated, but you know, yeah, it's, it, you're right. Yeah. And there's, and we're, we're blessed in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I still remember, 
you know, having a, a company site down in Nashville and going to Yazoo and trying to drink Sioux. And because of the way the laws were in Nashville, they couldn't pour their own beer. I had to go two blocks down to what they called the <laughs> high gravity bar to be able to drink the yep. beer from two blocks away. So that kind of stuff is just nuts. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I remember that when I was in Nashville, I went to a bar and I was like, you know, what do you have for like craft beer and IPAs? And they're like, if you want anything heavy, you got to go to that bar because right. we can't pour it here. Yeah. We only have, I'm like, what? And I want to say that only changed a couple years ago. It did. Yeah. Yeah there, yeah. there was a time where Pennsylvania was in that subset of states was a laughing stock when you look at the, 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 the alcohol rules and, and laws. But in comparison to Maryland, and in Jersey and some of the things that craft breweries over there are subjected to, um, I'd much rather be in Pennsylvania. It's a shame. Some of the things that they have, the, the hoops that they have to jump in, they can't have food. Um, they can't do events. They have, there's rules around food trucks, you know, coming on their, their, their property and, and they have to navigate a lot of things. That's why you, you know, you really don't see a lot of food offerings in breweries in Jersey. It's just, they don't, it, it depends. It depends on the county. It's just a, it's tough. But I think tough. I think what you brought up about um, you know PA having that expanding that law to allow any alcohol, any wine, anything in PA. Uh, you know, a prime example that I I've remained friends with my middle school wrestling coach my entire life, and uh, he's actually going on a venture and opening a brewery up in West Reading called Willow Creek Brewing. Um, so it's, you know, hasn't opened his doors yet. He's trying to open it during COVID. There's a lot of challenges, but mm -hmm. you know, he's not trying to rule the world. He's not trying to be, you know, the next tired hands or anything. He just wants to have, you know, great brew pub and he's absolutely leveraging that. He's going to have yep. other guest taps from PA. He's going to kind of, kind of that California model where, yeah, we have our own beer and then we have a lot of guest taps yep. in addition to the, the liquor and the wine. So I, I like that PA has done that. I like that it opens a lot of doors for people like you know, Willow Creek. Totally. Trouble's End is another example of a, of a brewery that's just starting to make their own beer, but they've been open for months and it's because they're, they're slinging cans of, of you know, our stuff and, and Human Robot and some other beers. And that's great. They can actually start getting in some revenue instead of, you know, just, you know, uh, bleeding money to, to build the place and wait until they're up and running. And so, yeah, Anthony's right. There's, you know, there's, there's an economic value to that as well for a small startup. And it's only smart. Uh, you know, the rising tide uh, raises all ships. Is that the saying? Did I say that right? Yeah, the tax revenue doesn't hurt you. Well, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, that, that's a situation <clears> where, you know, literally everyone wins. I mean, you know, you know, touching a little bit on some of the, the recent outcomes that we've seen of, you know, marijuana legalization in the states. I mean, Colorado set that bar high to say, you know, pun intended, um, you know, here's all the tax revenue, so much so that we're, they were paying residents out. Well, yeah. other states are seeing that going, well, okay, it's happening anyway. Might as well legalize it, control it, and get the taxes off of it. Yeah. Exactly. Think with the alcohol and PA, I mean, yeah. let them sell it. The more sales, the more taxes you win. Yep. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, Pennsylvania allows us to self-distribute through the mail. I mean, could you imagine that five years ago it, we're tired hands or, right. or, or us or anybody slinging boxes through UPS or, or it's, 
You know, when 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 Tired Ends and and we did it, um, I think the third one was Strange Roots out in Pittsburgh, and then Beaver Brewing was the fourth, and and now there's thirty something you know Pennsylvania breweries that are that are shipping in the mail. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, and but but the delivered amenities are are modern, and it's in the the Amazon Amazon world. People expect mm-hmm. that stuff. Sure. You know, Tavor is another one that really kind of opened people's minds to that, and. Um, but to be able to get fresh beer from Free Will or, or Tired Hands or, you know, Grist House or whomever is is slinging it in the mail, that's awesome. Yeah, so you, you pay a premium, but I think you have to appreciate that shipping, you know, something that weighs that much, it, it costs a little bit. And um, yeah, that's that's the tough part about it. It's not a high margin channel for any brewery. I can I can speak from experience, but it's a good one. It's a great way to get your product out there. You mentioned uh, marijuana guys... getting. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say you mentioned marijuana getting legalized. You can go to uh, uh, out in uh, Oregon and do whatever you want now. <laughs> whatever you want. So it, was, it was interesting though. If you looked at, I mean, uh, you know, I don't really know anything about this, but when I looked at the numbers for the volumes they were talking about, you know, being legal to carry, they they looked like very small numbers. I mean, somebody else else would have to validate that. I have no clue. I'll do it right in front of them, and then I don't have it anymore. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you brought up Oregon. I don't know if anybody else has heard this, but. I read an article earlier today that Oregon proposed an 800% beer, wine, and cider tax increase. Well, yeah. Um, 800% increase. How does that work? That would be devastating to the industry. Um, I, it's on AmericanCraftBeer.com. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, Oregon proposes 800% beer, wine, and tax increase. You Here's would hope point. something like this does not go through and uh, become a new trend among governments that say, hey, this is the new uh, marijuana thing that we can tax all these breweries opening up. Let's uh, bump their taxes up and make some more money off of them. Yeah, here's your pint of dead guy ale. That'll be $27, please. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, Jesus. Hopefully that does not grow any legs. At least you can do drugs. Yeah, the, the, the background around it, and this is not justification for it is that with COVID-19, they've lost a lot of tax revenues for the state. They're looking for ways, you know, where, where are people spending their money um, and go after it? And an and 800% tax, like, I, I think that's, hopefully that's that's misreported. But yeah, I've read the same thing. I think it's crazy. Uh, and it's I, I guess the we have a similar together. thing here. We had a similar thing here going last year. Where the, the, yeah, where the state was like, hey, you know, we gave you all these different, you know, we did we did a lot for you. Now we're going to go and, you know, we're going to hit, um, we're going to increase the sales tax per pint coming out of a brewery. And the problem with that is, you know, as a manufacturer, you're getting hit with an excise tax, first of all, mm-hmm. already. And now you're going to get hit with a sales tax per pint. Now, that doesn't seem fair to breweries. Now, if you flip it over to to bars and restaurants, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, we're paying it. You got to look at both sides of this. And I think sure. where they ended up with was a 1.5% increase in, you know, you know, tax on it instead of 6%. There's always a middle ground. There's, there, it never has to be, sure. you know, polarized, but unfortunately a lot of that is these days. Yeah. Hopefully they figure that out. And I guess just to tie the conversations together, I saw that Sweetwater Brewing um, out of Georgia, I believe, just sold to a cannabis 
company in a $300 million deal, which I thought was an interesting um, acquisition that a cannabis company Mm -hmm. uh, would go after them. Although I think their flagship beer is 420 pale ale. Yep. Yeah. As, as well as, uh, what was that? G13. Oh yeah. Yeah. G13 hop ash. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they are all, you know, pretty much marijuana um themed, I guess. I'd be interested we, I'd be yeah. interested to try more of those. I had a couple just because obviously and I uh wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I, like I don't know why it just I think one of them was a steep water. I don't remember. I, it was like it was like last year, so maybe I would like it now cuz I like beer now. It was definitely a sweet water, and it, it really had a bong water kind of taste to it, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I remember it being you. like bong water. I was like, this is yeah. horrible. Right, mission mission accomplished. So I've heard. So I've heard. <laughs> All right, right. Uh, All right. Are you guys ready to completely switch gears and move away from beer? I, think well, I wish you could play the that. Imperial March or something, Taylor. Real quick, you, you I just tied up. I just want to shout out uh, uh, Brothers Kirshner. I'm having this Johan, and it is uh, fantastic as well. It's my second beer of the night, and it's uh, is that how you say it, Johan? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's is it Johan? Yeah, it's Johan. Yeah, good. Johann. I thought it was like Joanna or something. Usually, I say things wrong, and I'm <laughs> I was glad laughing I'm right. at you like I was like I knew what I was talking about. I had no idea. <laughs> I just finished an autumn from Treehouse. I actually nice. drank that already while we were um, while we were talking on the last one. Uh, American Double IPA, eight point two percent. Whatever, it's okay. It's like Devin would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. debating it's between good. the uh, 17 only void and the uh, Walteris. So, uh, oh, oh, that Walteris is great. You're a little biased with that one, though, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, how could I not drink of the course. beer that my buddies made for my sweet departed pup? Right on, man. It's a good beer. Yeah, Boba Fett's the, a haze the story behind that? <laughs> Boba so, Fett so is the story behind Walteris was that um, I. I'm a huge Maybach fan, and I had been basically up Gene's ass for years, yelling at him, you love lagers, let's brew Maybach, let's brew Maybach. And finally in February, um, we were hanging out in the back of the general store, and we were doing a you know, shout-out to the Monday Night Tasting Group. We were doing a little thing with him back there, and um, I brought it up again, and he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm sick of hearing this, let's brew the Maybach. So he... Texas Gov right then and there from East Branch, and he says, you know, why don't the three of us brew my buck? And we're all three talking about it, and you pick the date, and he said, okay, so uh, I think it was March 30th, we'll do it. And clearly, March 30th was not going to happen this year, because <laughs> So, the the long story short was that I, I got a, a text from, from Kevin McGovern that said, look, I the bug was planted with the Maybach. I, I brewed it. Sorry you didn't get a chance. We couldn't do it all together, but I'll let you name it. So like a week before that was when the dog had died, uh, Walter. And mm-hmm. I was talking about that conversation. He, he said, screw it. Let's call it Walter. So we, we came to make it uh, Walterus. Nice. Great story. Yeah. It, it was pretty that cool. That is awesome. Oh, and the, uh, and the label color. He asked me, and it was weird. He asked me to send him a picture of the dog. And I said, uh, I said that's strange. You you don't put pictures on your labels, right? He said, no. So what he did was he took the picture I sent him and he had a color swab 
from the picture and use that mm. to so it's the same color as the shirt. It's kind of kind of cool of them, you know. That's really very cool. cool. That's really cool. Very thoughtful, Good guys. That's awesome. Very thoughtful. Nobody fucking emailed me when my dog died. I you didn't tell me. <laughs> I, start, I started <laughs> a segment. I started a segment for you. I, what was I would have at did? least drank a beer. <laughs> no, I hear you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, what was your dog's Taylor's name? Losing. You should have told Lucy. me. Oh, no, no, it's Lucy. Okay. It's no big deal. I'll call Lucy parts. He Come said on. it's no big deal. It's a- <laughs> Wait a second. It's Lucy parts. We're not naming a beer parts of a deceased dog. We're not doing that. I got to put a stop to this, Jim. I'm helping you. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. It's got a I ring to it, but if you know what it is, it's like, ew. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it's funny. Oh. oh. All right, so let's, Star let's Wars get this switched up. Let's talk <laughs> Star terrific. Wars. All right, All right so, so Anthony, I know you're a huge Star Wars guy. Jim, I don't know what's what's your you were, you seem pretty excited to talk a little Star Wars earlier, dude. Dude, you guys are too young to be in the Star Wars fan club, man. I'm OG Star Wars. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Ant. I'm probably with Steve a little bit, but you two young brothers up on the top left and right. I mean, you know, you're all like Clone Wars stuff and like, you know, like new stuff, man. You're like next generation Star I saw, Wars. Come right. on, man. Aaron, I saw the, I saw the, the prequels. <laughs> Dude, I saw, I saw I was, the, uh, the, the what, revamped seven versions. years old. I took a dollar to the movie theater and seven year old <laughs> rolled in there and saw Star Wars. So yeah, exactly. Saw Star Wars. And I was like, Oh my God. And then 52 times later, yeah, $52 <laughs> back then in 1978. <laughs> That's what you pay to take your family to the movies now. Right. Absolutely. Just Huge Star Wars fan. I mean, just uh, yeah, incredible, but probably not Anthony, to the level you, of Anthony, but you know, definitely. Do you have a memory like that, Anthony? You know, what, what are your childhood memories of, of Star Wars? I mean, it, it it's been kind of the constant thread in my life since I was, you know, I was old enough to remember. I mean, I, I do vaguely remember. I, I'm not nearly as old as Jim. Um, <laughs> I, I believe I was, uh, I was about two and a half, three when it when it hit. But I, I do have, you know, I do remember. You know, I, I think it ran in theaters forever, and I, I remember my dad taking me. I don't remember much of watching it. Um, but, you know, it was it was one of those things that it was always part of our life. And then as soon as Empire came out, then, you know, we're at the theater. And then yeah. back in, in the Jedi days, I think that was, we're talking probably 83. Um, and that was kind of the cool time when there were those shops in the mall that, like, you could get the custom printed T-shirt where they put the individual letters on and hot press it. Yep. And mm. uh, there's a picture of me that I have to embarrass my daughter with sometime. It's got a t-shirt that says anthony king of the ewoks on it <laughs> um, there, so, i thought you didn't have a nickname <laughs> there we go <laughs> there it is Ooh, there you yeah. go nice steve nice. Ewok king. <laughs> you but know you sometimes, into, when, you, sometimes yeah. when the sciatic acts up i do kind of have that ewok waddle to me so uh, i get that <laughs> <laughs> you know uh there was a comment from from chris fitzgerald about uh mandalorian being amazing uh, and and i think it really is it's it's fantastic like that but and, and this is there's a the whole faith-based argument on what's the best star wars and all that stuff and 
you know, I'll say a movie and Anthony be like, you're crazy or whatever. Like everyone says it's like empire strikes back and, and they were right for about 30 years, but something trumped it. And just, it's just one guy's opinion, but rogue one was one of the best star Wars movies. I won't say it's the best and get into that, but man, the acting, the special effects, the tie-ins and the ending scene the theater shit their pants when they saw that. And you should, because that was Darth Vader, yeah. not the George Lucas Darth Vader that's like, you know, kind of like getting all soft and throwing the Empire Emperor off the balcony. You're talking badass Darth Vader just carving up people. It yeah. was the most amazing ending of, of a movie. I, I, I still get chills from it. I mean, Anthony, I don't know what you're, you're the expert. What did you think about Rogue One? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, I, I've kind of made the the continuous statement that it's the greatest World War II movie set in space. Yes, right. Okay, <laughs> it's I mean, it, it really is. It is it's got movie. that feel to it. It's it took away what it did was it stripped away the mysticism and the playfulness of the Force, and it it nodded to it. It, it was a yes. mention, but it didn't. You know, you didn't have a lot of force pushing and all these you know fun theatrics to it. It was war. It was a fucking mm. war. So they're, you know, they're doing their thing. And to your point, that ending, you know, there is genius to it. But at the same time, it had to end that way. You, you were bridging a yes. gap. You were bridging a gap between prequel and New Hope. You couldn't afford to have too much go on there, right? So yep. you're, you're taking everybody has to die essentially because who are you going to carry over and who carried exactly. over was Vader. And I mean, it's probably not going to age very well, but that CGI rendering of Carrie Fisher just still, still gives me chills. Yeah. It was I mean, great. Yeah. I, th I think if we look at that in 20 years, we're going to point and laugh, but you know, it, now it's one of those things that was like, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it was, it was super. It was super, you know, and Chris mentioned uh, the prequels are painful to watch. And, and you're right. Like, I, I am not a fan of, of George Lucas as a director. I, I'm a fan somewhat of a storyteller and perhaps, you know, the, the creative nature of coming up with a whole franchise. But yeah. for me, I, I don't like cheesiness in in movies, you know, and I grew up with cheese, the cheesy Batman movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger in them, where then Chris <laughs> yep. Nolan took took Batman Begins to a whole new level with Heath Ledger and all these, Amazing. you know, I, I want that type of, of, of give me a little realism in my, in, yes. in my movies. And that's what Rogue One brought to me. There was, there was none of that tongue in cheek, none of that kind of comedic banter, the, none of the 1950s diner scene in the middle of a star Wars movie. Like I, no Jar Jar Banks, no nonsense. It was just guttural. And, there's a there was an Australian act, actor that played uh, uh, what's his name Riddick. That guy is incredible. His delivery, th the cast that they chose for Rogue One, and then I'll get off the Rogue One soapbox. I, I just absolutely well, no, fell in love with that well, movie. What you're saying is absolutely true, but take a big you know you know you and I are in IT. Take that thirty thousand foot step back and look at it for what it is. It it is a, it is bridging a gap, and it does stand completely alone, right? Yes. So. It can do that. So when you're yeah. talking something that is serial, if we're going back to the prequels, which I'm not a huge fan of, but 
I'm not a huge fan of them for certain reasons, right? Yeah. So if you really look at the prequels for what they are, if we eliminate Jar Jar Binks and we eliminate Hayden Christensen and his yeah. horrible stiff acting, it's not a horrible story. It, it, no. But but the problem is is that what you have is George Lucas giving us the background for why there's a rebellion, why there's an empire, and it mm-hmm. really is a highly political thing. I get that, and I think that somebody else got that and went, George, you're you're going to lose every kid that wants to buy an action figure. You need you're, you're right. You need to lighten this up somehow. Okay, well, you know, let's 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 give them the charger. Let let's cheese it up a bit. Let's make the you know let's make the clones kind of idiot robots. So I think that they had to pepper in that slapstick, that cheese, to take away from the fact that you were building a highly political trilogy that you're going to lose you know the the audience that you're going to leverage for the next thirty years. That's that's well said. It's yeah. absolutely crazy what what Star Wars has done and the different uh, steps that it's taken in so many different directions. You know, the prequels, trash. The originals, obviously incredible. The new ones, pretty good. But then, like, you're talking about Rogue One. When I describe Rogue One to people, I say, it's the saving Private Ryan of Star Wars. Right. Like, this is, sure. it's one of the best, not just Star Wars movies, but it's a really great, mm-hmm. great, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I feel like The Mandalorian is kind of taking that route, the more serious route. There's not a lot of jokes. There's not a lot of cute stuff, obviously, except for the well, the child. Uh, and that's brilliant that. marketing. That's it's brilliant, brilliant marketing. Exactly. Brilliant. And that, they even, that, they even a, took a that, hit on that it. That character is is unbelievable marketing, mm-hmm. but it's also cool. It's really cool. But yeah. you're right. You're well, right. Well, look at what they did for the Mandalorian. You know, this is this is all scientific. This is all well thought out. This is marketing 101 because what they did was they gave us the Mandalorian. This isn't Boba Fett. Right. Right. We we got He's something coming. very we got something very visually familiar to attach to mm-hmm. that we we hold dear. Everybody loves right. Boba Fett. Right. So we have a Mandalorian. Okay, we have more of a backstory to them. Now we have the Jar Jar Binks, which is the cute childish aspect, which is going to hook my younger viewers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, our wives, everybody who you know, anybody who isn't you know, as fringe, is, is into it as well. The cool thing the Mandalorian does that the movies don't have the luxury of doing is deep dive. So, if we're talking about, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stay away from spoilers because you know not everybody's up to up to speed. But if we look at the last episode. It was very um, Tuscan Raider centric, Sand People centric. Mm-hmm. Since I was a kid, the Sand People were intriguing. Mm-hmm. Why? They're, yes. they're 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 very nomadic. They're very, you know, very uh, rustic and tribal. But at the same time, there's some sophistication to them that's mentioned in terms of knowing how to, you know, camouflage themselves, hide themselves. And this episode mm-hmm. gave us that full deep dive into their culture right. and yeah. actually yeah. seeing how deep and how depth. And I was just tickled pink to absolutely watch that as an adult having you know 40 year gap of who the hell are these guys well in star wars has the you know i would assume that at times it's a it's kind of a downside a gift and a curse but like (laughs) it spans generations right so like it it it, right now like for example i'm just gonna shout this out star wars the clone wars the show the cartoon Mm -hmm. yeah the first season corny as fuck but then mm-hmm. I just watched the last, the final season, and it's one of the most gangster cartoons I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like the way that it ended, the way that it tied everything together, and just 
flat out violent um it was and it was just like you could kind of feel the vibe that they're just like giving the generation that grew up with that show kind of a, a new mature finish totally. to it because they grew up with it right so like yeah. that's how the whole star wars franchise is to me it's like they're trying to play to the older generation <clears throat> but also bring in a new one and and, and i kind of feel like that's what they did too much with the with the newest trilogy um certainly the last movie i feel like they just like it was 1000 percent fan service where they could have just given like a little bit i don't know more in some aspects but less in some and like i don't know i wasn't a huge fan of the way that it ended the last jedi was one of the worst movies i've ever seen and let me just mention real quick in my opinion, the most slept-on Star Wars movie, Solo. That Han Solo yeah. movie was awesome, in my opinion. And I feel like the reason that people hated it is because it came right after that dumpster fire of uh, The Last Jedi. And I feel like people were just like, I'm good, I'm good. I don't even need to Possible. see this trash. I I'd, don't be, even I'd be willing to bet you that if they were able to manage, if had... Chris Pratt never played Star Lord, and they were able to put Chris Pratt as Solo in yep. Solo. Yep, that movie is a totally different watch. Yep, I agree. Yep, dude, I, I was agree. so excited when he met Chewie for the first time. Like, yeah, that when was cool. That sure. whole thing. The the but, but the, again, but again, Solo suffers the same way that the prequels suffer. Where I don't think that guy's a fantastic actor. Agreed. And, and Solo and Han Solo is such a pivotal character, such yeah. a core mm. character that, you know, is amazing. The the job that, that, you know, was done with him developing him over time. Oh, that looks good. The job that was done with him developing him over time and that Harrison Ford did with him to, you know, obviously he couldn't play it. But, yeah, how do you cast that? Right. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, right, I don't fault them for it. But at right. the same time. That wasn't the guy. Yeah. So, so here's an here's another scene that I think the five of us will all just like reminisce and go, yeah, man, you know, you're you're right. Is the Battle of Hoth and Empire Strikes Back? Mm -hmm. That is dope. That still has legs. Sure, you can see like you know the 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 stop animation type of stuff on the on the walkers, but the scene where they blow up the rebel base and all of the rebel troops are fleeing out of the trenches and John Williams is bringing the score up, man, that is just brilliant. Yeah. That is like, that's the scene. It's, it's right where the, you know, like the, you know, Imperial troops have entered the base or whatever. And the, and, and Han Solo goes, all right, we're like, you know, we're getting out of here. It's time. And then they switch to that scene where everybody's running. Oh my God. Yeah. That is my favorite so scene good. of that whole movie. So good. Yeah, I, I actually got the I actually got the pleasure of seeing about was it two years ago I think uh, John Williams came to Philadelphia um, and conducted the orchestra and did all the oh, score dude. on the that's album. That's awesome. It was. That's cool. I mean, you want to talk about chills and tears? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I I had I, there was no there was no bravado to it. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, just the. Um, how like intense that would be it's like to, seeing to the Beatles. <laughs> notes in, in in that intensity and and that you know live aspect of it is, is i can't imagine 
Well, what was really what was really special about it was that, you know, I've I've said a million times, you know, anybody who's talked to me for five minutes about Star Wars probably heard it that, you know, I I've been an atheist most of my life, but this is about as close to religion as we get in our house. Uh, <laughs> yes. And my you know my daughter's been raised with this so hardcore. And it, what cool thing about my daughter is that I think for the past got to wish she was around. I want to say it's three or four years. She's made it a point to ensure that she's wearing something Star Wars or has her Star Wars necklace on. Like, it's one of these things where it is that deep in our family. Cool. That's awesome. But I remember being at John Williams and um, we're sit, we're we're watching it and we're we're standing there and the, we're in the back. And he started playing um, Han and the Princess, uh, that overture. And it came on, and I just started welling up. <laughs> and she looked up at me, and like a tear rolled, and she grabbed my hand. And like, I, I just, it, it was too much, right? Yeah. yeah. So, that, so then later that night, she, uh, I was tucking her to bed. I said, Did you have a good time? She said, Yeah. She goes, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen you cry before. And I said, Well, it was for the right reasons. I said, It was a yeah. good thing. And she just gave me a big hug, and it was it was really really something else. That's really cool. Yeah, Thanks. what a bond, what a connection for sure. Yeah, it's neat. You'll always yeah, you have know, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you right? know, like, so, so you'll like always one have of the reasons connection. I wanted to bring this up and talk about it, you know, because it was somewhat of a recent revelation to me. I'd say probably in the last couple of years, where of course, like I've seen the movies, I kind of understand the story. I've enjoyed them, you know, really liked, you know, of course, the original trilogy um, and things like that. But I started to um, dig into the Clone Wars a little bit. And I think more than any other parts of Star Wars, for some reason, I've become a huge fan of the Clone Wars. And um, I think because when I finally clicked everything together and, and everything really started to make sense and and you realize how deep these stories can go and and what exactly was happening and leads up to these major plot points that we see in the biggest movies ever um makes those moments so much more incredible and intense and meaningful um because there's there's so much story building up to it and i i can't think of any other franchise or anybody who's done this deep webbed um, deep dive storytelling across multiple narratives that all come back to these moments of you know um, Vader and Luke standing across from each other oh yeah you know what I mean there's there's it, it's insane when, when when if you take the time and 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 put all these pieces together and I have a hard time doing that mentally myself, but you know, finally figuring everything out was a huge deal. You know, we were talking about the prequels and I, and I feel like, you know, when, when you look at the original trilogy and they, there was a formula there that they were trying to reproduce and, you know, I feel like there's always the droid. There's a droid that that is, you know, um, has the human characteristics and and plays a part, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they put Jar Jar in that spot instead. And no, the, in some the of the droids were in movies. it. <clears throat> yeah, the droids. Well, were I mean, I, I mean the, 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 the only the only characters that have been in every movie is C-3PO. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. And, sure. and even and 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 to that point, they even managed to shoehorn him into solo because they put Anthony Daniels as one of the refugees fleeing the prison, <laughs> just just to make sure that C three was in all of them <laughs> was in every movie. But yep. you know, as a as a main character, like with the so new wild. movies with BB eight, I was I was not thrilled. But with Solo, I forget the name of the droid, or not Solo, um, with Rogue One, the droid that's in that one oh, he's great. plays a fantastic part. He's fantastic. Like he's great. I, they nailed the personality. They nailed um, that that part of the formula. Yeah. And I feel like they did the same thing in The Mandalorian with IG-11. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, was, look, at, look at the role that, that he played in, you know, in, in that in um in rogue one that was the only you know kind of comic relief you had yeah. to that that was the only yeah. lightheartedness yep. so yeah, yeah to, was... to your point to some degree yeah. they kind of did put him in there for that mm-hmm. sure yeah I, I really cool, like so. ig11 and and that's 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 brought me another um I, I guess like another person that i follow now the guy that played the ig11 voice but also directed a couple episodes of the mandalorian um I think it's is, is it Taiki Watiti? Yeah, yeah. Some, um, he also like directed Thor Ragnarok, which mm-hmm. is like one of the best Marvel movies out there. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been following that guy a lot now and watching his movies and the things he directs. But uh, also, did you guys see the Mandalorian behind the scenes? Did you guys watch that whole? Um, I forget what it's called, the gallery on Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I did not watch that. It's really good. If you have not, it is probably one of the most interesting things they did an episode just on the technology that they did and i had to watch it a second time because i was so blown away with it i mean you guys being in it and stuff like that i mean i'm sure um you know just like a a little quick preview a majority of where they shot that show is on a stage where the back wall and the ceiling is a screen so they're not on location location and there's not green screen and they did that on purpose because the mandalorian's armor is so shiny that green screen and trying to edit that all that out would be later but they literally have almost like a video game the background of the scene is on the screen in this little area where they put up some props and shoot everything and the background knows where they're at and moves with them when they move the camera. Um, things like that just completely blew my mind as far as um, how they did that show. It's just um, absolutely amazing. Well, I, I think that the, the home run that, you know, JJ Abrams, when he came in to do you know, to Force the, Awakens. The Force Awakens. Right. Mm-hmm. Making that solid decision that he wants everything as tactile as possible. He wanted to get away from all the green screen. He wanted to get away from all the CGI. So everything was as tactile as possible. And yeah. I think that that is where The Mandalorian actually, I mean, and not having watched all the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. A lot of those creatures are latex rubber creatures. They're not CGI'd in. Right. Yeah, but they look, they look so difference. much better. They look yeah, so they much do. better. And yeah. They're so much more believable, yeah. you know. And, and and unlike they were Anthony back in the original Star Wars, you know, they were plastic or they were hard. It was just the technology of the times. Yeah, it's what they had. What um? What do you guys think of of the scene in the Rise of Skywalker at the end where Chewbacca gets Han Solo's medal? I thought that was dope. I thought I it was so it. good. It was so good. Oh. It was such a clutch move. Whoever came up with that, yep. it was so good. They, they, so good. I didn't. I wasn't emotional 
really at all in a new trilogy except for Chewbacca. Like he mm -hmm. got me, he got me with Han, <laughs> he got me with Leia, like his emotions. I can't understand him, but I know like how much it hurts him. And it was just he delivers. that delivered yeah. to me, man. Like that really connected. And, and he's always been one of my favorite characters. And maybe that's why I liked uh, Solo so much. Um, but because it kind of dove into his story a little bit more as well. Yeah. It wasn't just about Han. It was like also about Chewie. Um, but like... One thing that I want to say real quick is that we keep talking a little bit about the cartoons, the the, the Clone Wars, and um, we didn't mention Rebels. Uh, also a very corny show for the most part. It's very childish. It's four kids. It's all good. But um, there are some very, very awesome fucking gangster parts in it. I mean, I like... There's it, some deep, deep storyline in there. shit. So, like, one thing about the cartoons, and, and, and it, I, I, I was kind of new to it. I, got, I started watching it when I got Disney Plus and all that. But um, when you're you're getting into it and you watch the end of Clone, Clone Wars, which, like I said, was one of the most amazing endings to a, a show I've ever seen, um, just because of you know about Order 66. You know about how all the Jedis get wiped out. You know about all that stuff. And to see it get played out in a, in a different way from a different character's perspective, one who actually, spoiler alert, survives, um, it's like you're part of this exclusive club that knows about something that not everybody else knows because everybody else is watching the movies and they'd have no idea that Anakin had a Padawan. They have no idea that he was training right. somebody on the side because they don't even mention her much less show yep. her in the movies. Right. So like you're watching it and you're like, well, this is amazing. Then you get to rebels and you see them fight each other for the first time. And it's like, Oh my God. Yes. And, and, and you're trying to talk to people about it. And they're like, I never watched that fucking cartoon. What, what, what do you think? What, what do you fucking mean? I'm like, Oh my God, but, you have to watch it. But, but let's go back to something you said. So, you know, you made a point earlier and you kind of tagged up on it again about the, the sequels. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it, it's, it's looking at it through the right prism, right? Mm -hmm. So my daughter is 15 and a half. So for the past few years, you know, I've been raising somebody who is very into Star Wars her whole life. And then what she had was the same moment that, you know, we kind of had as adults when the prequels came out. Like, holy shit, there's more Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And it <laughs> right. hit and she's a teen. You know, she's like, you know, a preteen. She's going, holy shit, there's more Star Wars. Yeah. So, you know, if you really, you know, and people argue that, you know, um, you know, Force Awakens is, you know, just a reboot kind of thing. Well, this is you know this is our kids version of growing up with it so right. yeah yeah i mean you know uh, you know luke skywalker those are our guys right right and then they got this whole new set of finn and poe and ray and i don't dislike them but yeah that yeah. is definitely something that she's you know that's her version of growing up with agreed. this yeah. so, agreed so when you get down to that last you know when you get to, to the last mm -hmm. episode and you're saying you don't like how it ended I'm going to challenge that in so many ways because how the fuck do you put a bow on 47 years? Yeah, right, right, right. It's right? impossible. Sure. So, right. So, so how, do, how do you put a bow on that and make anyone happy, right? Right. So right. to Jim's point, giving Chewbacca a medal, that's been a point of contention since the 80s. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, that's been one of those things that like, where's Chewbacca's got yeah, Right, medal? right. Yep. <laughs> uh, right. He did more than anybody. Is it because he got fur? Yep, it was killer. It was yeah. killer. It was so, so yeah, good. I mean, it was little things like that where, yeah. it, it, yes, there was absolute fan service, but 
kiss my ass. Oh no! Me, yeah, don't get me wrong. You had to wrap a story around. <laughs> right. You had yeah. to wrap a story around losing Carrie Fisher in the right. middle of production on the movie prior. And how are you going to do that? Now we have to use pieces of Force Awakens and wrap them into the last episode. Mm-hmm. And and I think they did it really cleverly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that uh, Daisy Ridley delivers. I think I think the acting is 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 phenomenal in it. Um, yeah. You know, you talked about your, you know, the the impressions this uh, this makes on younger generations. And my daughter's six years old, and she went as she went for Halloween. She was Ray. I mean, yeah. you know that. Yeah, awesome. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm doing something right. Around yeah, right. Here, you know. Well, don't um, get me wrong. And, um, I didn't hate the last movie. I just like I wasn't attacking. No, 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 no. I know, but <laughs> let me just explain because it, it did. It does sound like I hated it. Like, but. I wish that they did something a little bit different with Ray's parents or, or mm-hmm. her relationship to the whole thing. I was disappointed. Like, I know it would have been telegraphed from a mile away that Luke would have been her dad or Leia or somebody. You know what I mean? I know that that would have been too predictable, but I felt like the way that they did it was too rushed. I felt like, Snope was meaningless in the whole grand scheme of the thing. I get it. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I can see that. I just felt like I felt like I understand that Star Wars does the whole opening credits where it explains what happened since the last time you went to go see the movies. But like to me, the way that Palpatine was brought in, it was too big of a deal for it to just be done in a scrolling. Uh, title sequence like it should have been building up in my opinion throughout the new trilogy at least even if it was unbeknownst to the other characters i feel like we should have been in on that secret because but but you're right you're you're right but to anthony's point earlier and i I mean you're totally right i i I felt the same way about snopes and and other things and there were some aspects of of the rise of skywalker that seemed disjointed or or rushed but anthony was right how do you take 40 something years it's 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 yeah. 10 pounds of shit and an eight yeah. pound bag. Yeah, and they it's were impossible. Just, they were like, all right, you know, whatever we need to, to provide some level of contextual, right. you know, joining and mudding this thing together. But uh, I think, I think you got to give them credit for doing. Oh yeah. The, I don't think there was a way out of it. It's, it's kind of it like, pretty good. It's, go ahead. Uh, just real, real quickly. I think your other Avenue and it wouldn't have worked was to do what um, they did in Lord of the Rings. They're like, man, this fucking book is this thick. So let's make three films of it, you know, <laughs> and right. they get away with that. Uh, yeah. The Hobbit, the, the Hobbit gets two films for one story. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's in a way that they could have done it that way. But, um, you know, I, I, I definitely see both sides of it. That's, that was a tough, I mean, the tough run job. was already two and a half hours. Right, right, yep. right. Yeah. Jam- and it was jam-packed. Like, and, and at the end of two and a yeah. half hours, I was like, wait, that's it? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. What happens to Finn? I think, I th- that's what I was yeah, like. I well, think where did Finn go? What happened to him? I think they struggle with trying to, like, make a movie that makes everybody happy, but also is can, can you know, be on its own standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just—it's so expansive. I mean, you know, the, one of the things you brought up earlier—you're talking, John—you're talking about being blown away by, you know, how much depth <clears> there is of the cartoons. There is—it it is birthed so much. There's an entire universe of books, books that when Disney comics, took over, yep. and books and comics, comics actually, yep. you know, Carrie, Carrie Watson, one of my nearest dearest friends, 
uh, was cleaning out some stuff and sent my daughter his old Star Wars comics. Wow. And Dope. she has just been sitting, digging through those. So it's amazing. Yeah. That's the, cool. The comics, the books, you know, everything that has spun off of this. And when Disney took over, it was like, you know, they started drawing lines. They're like, okay, well, we know what our plan is moving forward. So this is canon. This is canon. This is canon. And there, there's a subset of Star Wars geeks far beyond me that mm-hmm. were outraged for the 57 books they've read that I haven't touched. Um, sure. If any, anyway, we, we, we've gotten so much from it. The books, the, you know, uh, TV shows. Now we're in the Mandalorian, your theme parks. Mm-hmm. Everything yep. is, is there. If, yeah, if people want to get into the comics and don't know how, uh, a really easy and pretty affordable way to do it is a subscription-based app on your phone called Marvel Unlimited. They've got a ton of Star Wars comics, a ton of Star Wars comics, and I go through them from time to time. They have random issues, but they have even they have old stuff, new stuff. It's really really cool. Marvel Unlimited, go check it out. They don't pay us. Yeah, and, and to, and to so, that point, the, the same thing with the you know I mentioned the theme parks. They've released comics based on the content that they've created in the theme parks. Wow. Yeah, so there are it, entire comic stories based on the theme parks, uh, you know, uh, Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, Outpost, all those things that they've created. Now there's a comic series based off of the artificial galaxy that they've created there. Absolutely. Well, so look, I've I know Taylor's probably wanting to wrap things up, and I'm not going to let him yet. We should do cheers real quick before we do we get out of here. Well, I've got two Star Wars topics that I want to discuss first. Good Lord. Two of them? We've already had an hour and a half. You're fucking killing me right it's, now. Well, it is what it is because it's Star Wars. Buckle up, Taylor. Do you want a toast? Do you want to do toast? Well, do your one and a half Star Wars topics real quick. All right. So so there's two <laughs> topics I want to talk to you guys about. Think about them both. I really want to dive into um, what everybody's favorite villain is. Um, from Star Wars, so we'll get into that in a second. But first of all, what I wanted to talk about, which has some um, more relevance with the newer material that's out right now, is the dark saber. And seeing the dark saber at the end of uh, you know the last episode of first season of the Mandalorian was a big deal to me because I had just started really getting into that side of the Clone Wars and where that dark saber has been and how important it is two Mandalorians in general. Um, so, you know, if, if it's okay, quick, I'll try to give like a, a little bit of background, but um, it's one of my favorite, favorite things about the Mandalorian right now. And I can't wait to see where it goes. But um, if you don't know about the dark saber, you know, Moff Gideon uh, dug his way out of the tie fighter at the end of that episode with the dark saber, which is that black, really cool looking lightsaber. And um, the, the first man, Mandalorian Jedi was actually the one that created and made this Darksaber. So it belongs, honestly, to the Mandalorians. Um, I want to say that... Go ahead. That was, it was Tara Vizsla. It was the first Mandalorian ever um, inducted into the Jedi Order. Sure. So I think he passed away and they store this thing in like the Jedi <laughs> Temple. Sure. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I know you have the name right, the Vizsla, because um so he died. Saber and, of and, Mandalore. Yeah. Sure. They put the dark sure. saber I mean, yeah, away. Vizsla, the dark saber, sure, 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 sure. And then I'm with you, I'm with you, I got you. Yeah. So I mean, you know everything I'm about to say. But you know, they put it in the Jedi Temple. 
um, who finds it? Um, I forget who finds it, but somebody finds it, takes the the um, takes it out of the the temple. I don't know if it was pre Vizsla. I think it was pre Vizsla. Finds it and takes it back. So he's one of the Vizsla fa- Vizsla family, and then he fights Darth Maul with it, and um, Darth Maul beats him and takes it. Then he's got it for a while, and then he fights somebody. I think it was um, Darth Sidious, and then he loses it, and then uh, the girl finds it. Um, Ahsoka? What is her name? Ahsoka? Not Ahsoka. Um, it's one oh, of the girl the other, Mandalorians. The girl with her. Um, I forget her name. But she's supposed to be in Mandalorian. Yeah, I think she is. I think she is. Sabine. Yeah, it's Sabine. Sabine Wren That's finds it. it. She wields it for a while she actually works with the jedi to learn how to use it and, and then they're the mandalorians are, are doing this like big battle and she gives it to this other lady and was like you should be i think her name is bo katan bo katan something like that mm-hmm. and they give her the the man uh the the dark saber because she kind of led the battle and she was like you should be the ruler of the mandalorians they give it to her um but anyway long story short is the it's got a long history that's been through a lot of hands and to see it come back in the Mandalorian, knowing that it is that close to our Mandalorian um, is, is really exciting. And I'm really curious to see what happens because of it. Dude, I am so thrilled for the second season of the Mandalorian. Some of the casting things that they've already announced, they're bringing Ahsoka into it. They're bringing, you know, yep. the, the characters that were with her in her journey. Excuse um, me, they're bringing Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Yes. Anyway. I How can't crazy believe it. Credit is due, bro. That is amazing. Amazing. And, and you want to talk about fan service because they've already, like, before this was ever announced, like, people were like, Rosario Dawson would be the perfect adult. Ahsoka. And well, what's funny about like, that is that she was campaigning for it too. Yes. Because she and Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith, are tight friends and have been for years. Mm-hmm. He had been pitching that for a long time with her. He's like, you know, you should play this if it ever comes up, blah, blah. And as soon as The Mandalorian started popping up, there was this whole phone chain of like, Kevin Smith and John Favreau is like, you got to get her in there. Yeah. So that was being campaigned behind the scenes before that ever happened. So amazing. And just so crazy that they made it happen. And, and they're bringing in the characters that were with her, like I was saying. And it's just when the Mandalorian, the first episode of the Mandalorian, I was just like, so blown away by it to the point, And this is going to be crazy to you guys. But I was just like, this is the best thing that they could possibly do with star Wars right now. Now that like the movies are like winding down, so to speak, and you know, it's just like this is the future. This is the f- yeah. this is, we're looking at minute. the future right now of Star Wars. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. I've been reading Chris Fitzgerald's comments in here, and I need to have a beer with this dude sometime in I, the future. I just uh, texted awesome. him. Yeah, it, I literally I just messaged him on Facebook. I, I'm like, I dude, really need to hang with this guy. Great. But what I'm looking at is, am I wrong? Did they not actually choose her? He's saying that they they picked up Sasha Banks. Yeah. I saw IMDb. I saw a bunch of things put. Um, yeah, so did I. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot pointed towards Rosario Dawson. Is, is that no? Concerned? Sasha Banks is going to be Sabine. I think. I think everybody's yeah, pointing Sasha towards Banks her is being. Sabine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because wasn't Sasha Banks in um uh shit, uh Battlestar Galactica the remake. 
Is that the right person? Did anybody watch that? I did. I watched the whole thing. I've, I binged it. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I yeah, loved it. I, I thought I it was really good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Sasha Banks was in that, though. Am um, I thinking the wrong thing? I'm trying to remember, but I'm just really excited about it. I mean, the first episode of the the new season was really good. The ending was great. The uh, little special uh, teaser at the end was uh, just amazing as well. I just... I can't wait, and the new episode comes out the same day as the show. So yeah, I I, I just checked, and it, it does show that Disney Plus uh, officially confirmed Rosario Dawson uh, in the same breath that they confirmed Timothy Oliphant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which I thought he was great in the first episode of the second season. I thought I was like, okay, that's cool. No, he, he played that character right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they. It was great. Yeah, you know, we just like I said earlier, we got our nod to Boba. Mm-hmm. We saw his armor. You know. The, the debate is over. Who knows? You know, it, it's not him, but, uh, did you, know, you watch right after the credits? Done. Did you, did you continue watching after the credits? Sorry. You should watch. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Oh yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, there's someone, we don't know who that is. Uh, it, to me, you it could be, what? to me, it could be one of two people to me. It could be, it's either. Well, all right, all right. We're gonna go into it. Spoiler alert. Uh, we're gonna. Go, you're talking about the alert. end of Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's the end of the episode anyway. So, but the, uh, the, the the at the end, it's one of two people. It's either Boba Fett or Jager. it's no, no, no. It's either Boba Fett or it's um, what's the guy's name that's Jager with Ahsoka? Would be like a million years old. What's the guy that's with Ahsoka? Bob. Not as oh the um the. Cl- Clone. Yeah, the clone that's with her. Shit, what's his name? It's either him or her. Or it's either Boba Fett or that guy. Uh, I, I, you I think, think it's got to be Boba? Because well, he's there. His where he's on the same planet dead, right? where, the, where his armor is. Yeah. So. But right, yeah, he's he's gonna let some mook walk around with his armor. I he's mean, mad. that would be. He's got to be mad. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I who a knows? More faith. Nobody That's what I'm excited to hear. Week. We we know so much of the story <laughs> now and so much of the backstory of all of these characters to now see what's happened. How did the Darksaber get here? Why did Boba Fett lose his armor? Why does this guy have his armor? All of this backstory is going to happen and unfold, and it's exciting that, that they can continue to turn this content out time after time and and expand on these characters and these stories that we already love so much Chris, stop can, it. I, can i be the wet can i be the wet blanket what's up i don't like that they're going the boba fett route i don't think they are they are just I really i really even, don't believe it i believe even it. just his armor being there i don't like no i i love that i i g- give me give me the tip of the hat and and Keep on going. Give me I some- loved, I loved so much that it was this whole new world that we haven't explored yet. Yeah, they had the Cantina guys. They had Tatooine. We're seeing the 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 dark saber and stuff. But I liked that it wasn't going back to the original trilogy. We just had a whole episode of the Tuscan Raiders and talked about it for twenty minutes. <laughs> well, we I, don't, I don't mean to fight you the- on it, but I just wish it would have been just. Keep it fresh. I, no, keep 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 the nods coming, and then that's something you got to do that. Love. I not. Love I I think it's too heavy of a nod. I don't. I I I, I love and I. Bet. I mean, I want to let it play out. I'm gonna let it play out. Well, sure, Anthony. I'm gonna bet you a beer that Boba Fett is in the next one or two episodes. 
Boba Fett himself. Seller beer. Boba Fett himself. Mm, yeah, no. I, I think that's too much. All I, scarred the, the up little, and fucked up. I think the, Guaranteed. I think the little nods that we get are perfect. And, and, you know, I'll go back to the theme parks about that. There are so many little Easter eggs throughout Galaxy's Edge that – you know, your true fan is going to walk through and be like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. I like those little, g- give, give me some old school, oh shit, that's his armor. Somebody's actually using it. Oh, now a Mandalorian has it again. I don't need to see Boba again. I don't, I, throw me, throw me, a, you know, another droid in the background that rolls by that nobody mentions. Just give me those little nods and keep it going. Sure. You, 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 yeah. just, you just touched on it though. Mandalorian has his armor. Boba Fett's coming back. It's it's a done deal. He's gonna. He's, he's not just he's gonna, gonna give it back. I'm sure. He's gonna just be like, oh yo, dude. The soundboard here. doesn't make you right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I can see. I what I think the crowd appreciates what I'm saying. They're clapping for me. I think they think I'm right. I think, I they think, think it would be right. Look, we, we can keep going a little bit later. I know Taylor wants to wrap up the podcast, but I think it'd be an interesting topic quick to discuss your favorite villain in the Star Wars universe. Um, if anybody wants to go, go ahead. No, after let, let's do that well, live after the show. Let me let's do cheers. Let's end this podcast real quick. And okay. let's keep let's going because you guys can right. keep going all night if you want to, but I have to edit a show and do all that stuff. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm going first. Go first. Oh. My cheers, my toast, toast of the week is to the voters. People that showed up and did your duty, regardless of who you're voting for. Um, it's your civic duty. It's an important thing that you do, that you go out there and take care of business. Um, you're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. There's countries that don't have that privilege, that, uh, that have lifetime, you know, premieres prime ministers whatever you want to call it but um shout out to everybody that went out and did their duty toast of the week toast of the week good job i'm along the same lines mine's to the poll workers Mm -hmm. those guys sitting there unpacking ballots envelopes checking signatures shout out to the poll workers toast to you guys to you guys um i also want want to kind of keep it in the same vein um everybody needs a fucking drink right now i'm sure it's been a long week for everybody uh, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on this even goes out to you dumb fuck uh q people out there uh just for real <laughs> just take a fucking chill pill everybody just kind of calm down uh stay off of 8chan and just relax it'll be over one way or the other and uh no matter who wins that'll also be over one way or the other four years from now so Cheers to everybody. Take a chill pill. Love your neighbor and all that dumb shit. Just relax. Agreed. That being said, fuck everybody. You guys don't have to, but if you guys have anything, uh, feel free. Cheers to the Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to Boba Fett coming back. This, This tomorrow, watch, I'm telling you. <laughs> I have a feeling, you're, man. I have a feeling. You're on, man. I, I, I will bet you a cellar beer. Let's on that do it. One. That's Let's not do him. it. You're on. You're on. Are you? Do All you right. think that Taylor has a cellar beer? I, Steve, you'll have to bring me one, but I'll give it to Anthony. Okay. Okay. I got you. <laughs> so, this is the most ghetto bet I've made in years. 
I'll bet I you mean, something you don't have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll hook you up. I'll get one from somebody. I'll give yeah. it to you. But All I won't right, give have Give me some to. music. All right. All right, guys, listen, if you took the time to hang out with us, listen to our podcast, watch us online, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Jim and Anthony, it's been an absolute pleasure. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. Make sure everybody checks out mbnnetwork.com. It's never been easier to find your favorite podcast. Might be news, relatable radio, might be sports, might be tunes, might be brews all of the shows you could ever want check out levante check out levante stables opening up today so if you're watching this it's tomorrow if you're listening to this it's today mr steve can do that much better than i can trying to uh, decipher the time space continuum god forbid i throw in an election result too <laughs> we just throw the whole time space continuum <laughs> on its ear <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but uh, thank you guys for listening. We're going to keep this going on Facebook Live for a little bit. Um, but we appreciate you doing. We'll talk to you next time.